Warning, Star Trek from the holodeck contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Walk it alone! Fire! Holodeck 3 program is reinstated. Open sesame! Commander Klingon vessel. We are energizing transport of him. Now. Hello, we are here. I am Michael, your host, and this is From the Holodeck, the Lower Decks edition. Okay, Dave, so are you ready to discuss the season finale for Lower Decks' fourth season? Can you believe we're already at the end of the fourth season? It, it feels like a very fast journey. It's very strange. Yeah. Where did time go? Dude, it's, it's one of those things where, like, Lower Decks... It has been a it has been a, a very entertaining season, but it's also felt incredibly fast. Like when I got done with the penultimate episode, I was like going, really wish that these series would be a bit longer. Like <laughs> it just feels like we're oh we're just at the end. Okay, guess that's it, and we gotta wait for the next season or the next series of of what's coming up for Star Trek. Yeah, and we do know that Lower Decks is coming back for a fifth season. We haven't got word on whether or not it will come back for a sixth season. We do know Discovery is ending on its fifth season. So yes. maybe that will be the Kurtzman era number that the shows shoot for. I know Picard ended at three, but that seemed to be their plan from the very beginning. If you go all the way back four years ago now, when they first announced Star Trek Picard, they had said it's going to be a limited series. Yes. And I believe they actually said three seasons. So they knew exactly how many seasons they would have for that series. Whereas with Lower Decks, there was no announcement. It was just simply, yes, it's been renewed. So I'm curious to find out if the series will continue. But going back to what we had discussed in our last episode, uh, if the show is to keep my interest and ask me to watch again and again, they do need to make some changes because up until now, the show has been fine. It's, this season, I feel, is the first sign of a little bit of uh, Malaise. some mistakes. Uh, it, the characters are becoming a little stale. I know people may argue and disagree with that, but if you really think about it, the, the season really didn't do much with our characters other than flesh out some things that we already knew uh, they did some weird fuckery when Mariner's story in that last episode, which now that we're there, I'm fine with, but it didn't really make sense how we got there. I know they were trying to say, hey, guys, this is more of the same problems Mariner has, just a different side. Hmm, I disagree. I don't see Mariner's issue with Starfleet as being anything uh, similar to the problems she's had before. Her problems have always been more or less about authority and about freedom and wanting to express herself and not wanting responsibility. responsibility. And yeah. Yeah. So it does seem a little weird, but we are here. And if they move forward with that, fine. I'm not going to continue to complain about it. Um, but hopefully those types of, because those are poor writing habits. So I'm just going to call it how it is. 
those types of poor writing habits, I hope, do not happen moving into season five. Yeah, that's that's the big thing about going into the next season. While I enjoyed this past season and I thought that what they did was good quality, it really... It goes back to like what how we ended our last uh, last show where I was like saying there's like this specter that's been hanging around in my brain that's basically just like going you're having fun David but are you are you really going to say that Lower Decks is one of the best shows right now Star Trek you did in the last episode yeah I did but (laughs) when I when I went when I watched the when I got to the end and I got to the finale. And then I started doing my notes and I was looking up at like interviews for uh, Mike McMahon and what he was talking about for the, for the season, wrapping it up. One of the things, some of the things that I found interesting was the fact that apparently the whole point for the season was his story was supposed to revolve around the notion that people can make mistakes and no matter what, they'll always have a second chance. You can always come back. And in an interview with uh, Star Trek.com, he, he uh, basically said, what I'm looking forward to having people see in the final two episodes is the growth of our characters go through that. Even when you grow, you can slip and you can revert, but you still get another chance. You can still help yourself. You can still find who you're going to eventually be. And if that was the whole point of the season, okay, but. I, it goes back to one of my one things that really we, me and you talked about in the last episode is like, if you're going to introduce these traumas or these fallacies and these characters, do it ahead of time. Show us that basically, okay, the story for Mariner is going to be about this. This is about her personality. Let's see about her history. Because I really do feel that if they actually introduce this Nova squad connection, mm-hmm. if they did it a little sooner, in the beginning of the season, I think that specter would be less in my brain feeling like I'm, I'm a little tired of like the story of the lower decks crew, because that's where our, I'm at right now. It's kind of like, I like the characters. I last episode, I actually came very close to saying that Mariner and Boimler are two of my favorite Star Trek characters in Star Trek currently. And <laughs> am I going to say that today? Maybe not. <laughs> I think not. I think Mariner's story was interesting during the first half, and it just it it didn't really do much. It didn't. I don't see anything that Mike Van that interview you just said. I don't really mm-hmm. see any of that. What Mike Van had said. Uh, you could say that about possibly Tendy. 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 In in retrospect, when you look at look back at the season, the most character development and the most interesting character development was actually Tendi. Was actually Tendi. They did yeah. a lot with her character this season and that was definitely a huge plus. But when it comes to Mariner, I, I shared most of my thoughts about her last episode, so I won't get into it again. It feels a little stale, it feels a little redundant, and what they did at the end feels a little contradictory based on what we know of her character. Yeah. And now let's take a look at Boimler. I mean, um, he had no character development this season. Zero. 
I mean, yeah, he, he, he became the court jester. That was it. He was just there to look at and laugh. And he, he basically essentially this, this episode, he got to have a captain moment. That and was, if you think about that. That, that was a good moment. That I actually moment. liked, I was going to bring that up. That moment was great. It was nice to see Boimler actually be serious and actually be competent. Yes. That was really good. But Dave, where was the work to get there? Exactly. Did we see Boimler do anything that would help him get to that point this season to where we say, yes, he got that fucking moment. Yeah. They didn't work for it. They didn't work for it because like the only time you ever see or any illusion that this is going to be the conclusion for Boimler is the episode where he's with uh, the one Vulcan character. And she goes around. My new girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> My new Vulcan crush. You, Vulcan crush. <laughs> you and Vulcans. I don't. Actually, that's I, true. I, you you know Vulcans. what? Holy shit. I've never noticed that before. <laughs> you and Vulcans. It's like the weirdest thing. But like um, when it comes to Boimler, that's the only time this entire season where we say, oh, Boimler's story is about becoming a leader mm-hmm. where he has to lead the beta. Uh, I think it's Delta squad or Delta uh, shift. Yeah, and I think so, yeah. that was it. There was nothing else. I mean, I I got a chuckle when they brought up, "Oh, how'd you get the leader voice?" Oh, it took it took some coaxing from <laughs> him, but like that's cool. You tied in a a, a par, prior story to it, but again, it feels like with Boimler that moment. While it's great and it it's a feel good moment, it feels like what we were talking about in the last episode with Mariner, where it's like they dropped the Nova Squad bit in her history mm-hmm. right on 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 our laps yeah and just expected us here accept it <laughs> yeah so let's get into the ins and outs of this episode there wasn't a whole lot because this was pretty much just the conclusion of what they had set up in the first episode we got a little bit more when it comes to mariner's relationship with Cito. They started off with a flashback that took the audience about 13 years into the past. And we saw a moment with the Nova squad and it did include Wesley Crusher. And, um, what's the actor that plays Wesley Crusher? Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton did guest star as Wesley Wesley Crusher, which I thought was really amazing. I do. I do like that because believe it or not, I ended up, I know last episode I said Wesley Crusher was hard to watch on TV or hard to watch during certain moments in TNG. But at the end, I do like what they did with his character. And I really like seeing him, seeing him at the end of a card season two and giving his character a little bit of a finale, you know, some finish because we never really knew what happened to him. So I do like the character and I like the, the actor as well. Will we in? So we saw a moment between Mariner and the Nova squad, which helped lay down some of that groundwork there so that we can now move forward in the present time and believe what we're seeing. Yes. Unfold. I still think they should have introduced something like that at the beginning. Uh, kind of echoing what you had mentioned that they should have brought some of these ideas to the surface early on. Yes. I mean, how awesome would it, would, have, would it have been if she made some joke about being a part of the Nova squad or being friends with the Nova squad? How hard is that to how do that in to a do? show like this where they just yeah. constantly throw out random Star Trek knowledge 
all the time. And see, this is this is the this is the scene that I'm like going. It was cool. I liked it. But if I was the showrunner, I would have actually taken this scene and introduced it way more earlier in the season. Do you remember when we had D Space Nine episodes, or let's just say the the D Space Nine episode? I believe it was last season when she had a relationship with many of these people. We had already known about this because they had set that up in the first season. Exactly. Yes. That's so, how they should have done it. Yes. That's how they should have done it. And I know that, you know, writing isn't the easiest thing. I get that. And when you're doing a serialized television, oftentimes you don't know what you're going to end up doing in that 10th episode, but you should know. Yes. You should know. And you, it's called narrative plants. People have heard me talk about this before. If you're going to do something, you have to introduce in some way that idea beforehand so that when we get to it, you don't have audiences scratching their head like we did in the last episode and this episode. Hmm. You guys really did pull that completely out of your ass. And that's the thing. And this is one of those things where it's like, I'm even more while I love I like this I like the setup for that scene and everything and I like how it all played out. Yeah, this episode was stronger than the last one. Yes. But like that element in itself, I'm like going, okay, I know that this writing room is good. And they know that the, what they're doing. They're professionals in there and they know the ins and outs of writing. Someone in that room should have actually seen that and said, why did, why did, why are we putting this scene here instead of let's go ahead and introduce it back a a couple episodes. They probably didn't know David. They probably didn't know. There's no, there's no reason why they wouldn't have introduced it sooner. There might've been some note written that Nick Larcano is going to be the man piloting the ship. You know, the mystery ship. Yeah, that's what I would be thinking is like. But typically when you write on the whiteboard, let me give people a bit of a insider's look into a writing room. When you break an episode, or I should say when you break a season, that's what it's called when you're planning your story. You typically have a whiteboard. Even in today's high tech world, it's a whiteboard. It's a whiteboard. And you have your episodes broken down. You have your characters broken down into columns and you fill them up and say, this is what we're going to do here. This is what we're going to do here. And uh, they do that all the way through. Mm -hmm. Now you don't have all of the details. You don't have all the nuance, but you have key moments and you also have your theme. Typically that's going to be underlying most of your season. You also have your myth arc understood completely. Yeah. So if your myth arc is dealing with Nick Larcano, which is directly connected to the Nova squad, then you should have the foresight to introduce these ideas earlier on. So yet again, it goes back to what I said in the first, or I should say in our last episode discussion that it's not an issue in the episode in itself and it's writing has to do with actual show running show running. Yeah. This is, this is where problems can be. Mm, let me rephrase that. This is where the showrunner 
has responsibility. This, when there's problems like this, you point to the showrunner and say, well, bro, this is something that should have been in your planning stages. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. That, but a part of me does feel that basically if I'm part of the writing room and I'm seeing this on the whiteboard, do you, don't you think that someone would have said, Hey, okay, it's cool. You want to do the Nick Lercano thing. Mike, do you want to maybe introduce an element a couple episodes ahead of time? So we don't, you know, that type of talking in the writing room had like, to have happened. Who is this guy? <laughs> Fire him immediately. Fire him immediately. He's How right. dare you make sense? <laughs> who hired you? <laughs> yeah. So let's get to some of the more, the strengths of this episode. It was all Tendi again. Tendi, oh I God, thought, dude, was yeah. the most... She ended up being the most interesting character of the season. They really brought to the surface this whole Orion thing and really fleshed out the Orion species and then also made it relevant to one of our core characters and what it means to them. They didn't just simply flesh out the Orions. It was all in relation to Tendi. To Tendi. It was about her story and how all that came to a head in this episode where they needed to use Tendi and the Orions to win the day, essentially, I thought was one of the best strengths of the season because it also puts a big question mark for the ending. What's going to happen to Tendi? Now, we all know Tendi will be back, but what is she going to go through over the course of this time now while she is a part of the Orion Syndicate again? And don't What's forget this going to do to her? What's this going to do to Rutherford, who we now know is, in fact, in love with, with Tendi? <laughs> and that's the thing is kind of like that ending. It, it also caught me by surprise because this whole season we've been talking about the the, the marquee characters in Boimler and and, uh, and Mariner. Yeah. Tendi kind of flew under the radar. And then it was in this episode, I'm like going, holy crap, that's right. This entire season, Tendi's kind of been like sneakily connected to she, everything. She's the most consistent, the coherent most consistent. character. And yeah. to the point where they did, when they did the whole thing where she's off uh, with the Orions and they give like this really foreboding element that basically when she uh, looks, uh, when she looks at the camera and basically says, okay, you can do this. And it gets that really epic music. It's what do you think like, that's about? Do you think there's something we don't know? Well, we we do know that basically Tendi was supposed to be like this badass assassin queen, right? But what for she, the Orion? But she seemed to have like some determination there. But what's this determination about? Do you think there's something we don't know? That's the thing. And I'm like going, okay, is Tendi going to embrace the fact that she's supposed to be an assassin now? Because, like, the whole point of that episode when they visited the Orions, Tendi didn't want anything to do with killing. Yeah. She didn't want to hurt anybody. But it's part of her, you know, responsibility, so to speak, to be the assassin queen and be this ultimate assassin. So is she going to embrace that now? And suddenly we're going to see a darker character in the next season. That would be interesting if they went that route. I just can't it would be see sad it. for Tendi, It'd someone who really doesn't sad. want to be that way, doesn't want to be a dark person, but she just has to find herself it. because she does have a sense of responsibility and honor. She feels like she has to be that. And yes. that let's say she does become dark over the course 
of her time with the Orions between season four and season five. And she comes back and now that's her problems. The problems that she has to deal with now is like rediscovering herself and trying to put away the violence. See, that would be an interesting story for next season. Hopefully they will in fact do it. Another fun moment was when we saw Goody. I guess Goody is a part of the crew now. <laughs> that's who, that's his yes. name, right? Goody yeah. or Goody. Goody. That's Gucci. what it's Goody. It's Gucci. Gucci. Yeah. Like seeing him work with the crew. I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered what happened to him. And I'm like going, okay, is he going to go psychotic? Well, he can't because he's not. He's, he's the good side. He's the good side. Yeah. So, you know, if he's going to be a major part of the crew in next season, are we going to see the negatives of good genius? See, I like the unique stuff, David. That's yeah. where I gravitate towards when it comes to the show. I like the things that they do that's original, like the Goodie stuff, the Orion stuff, the stuff that has to do with Tendi and Rutherford. Those are the redeeming qualities of this season. And I hate to say redeeming because I don't want to insinuate that the season was bad because it wasn't. It wasn't the strongest season, but uh, I will say that, yes, that the, the where this show shines, believe it or not, is not the nostalgia. Yeah. It shines when they do their own thing. Well, even like that's when this show shines. And I hope someday they get the memo. Well, even like with one of the other characters that is your, I know you said is your personal favorite is the Vulcan character. Mm -hmm. That moment when she turns down the call from her, her Vulcan commander, because yeah. obviously they're going to call her back. And that was she a good moment too. She refuses it and ignores the call because she wants to stay on the Federation because I loved what she says. I hope I, I say this right, but she basically essentially said uh, chaotic decisions lead to logical solutions. <laughs> and I'm like going, that is such a cool thing to say for such, a Vulcan. Such a Vulcan thing to it's say. It's such a Vulcan thing to say. And yeah. I was like going, that is something different. It's something that basically. But also feeling like it belongs, belongs in Star in Trek. Star Trek. And, and that's one thing I want to make clear. When I talk about doing your own thing, I understand that there's 50 plus years of Star Trek. And when you have a franchise that's gone on that long, you end up being your own genre. You're no longer simply science fiction. You are science fiction and something else, a hybrid version of science fiction. You are the Star Trek genre. And just like with any genre that you're going to be writing in, there's always going to be those tropes, those things that you need to have there. But that doesn't equate to lack of authenticity or lack of originality. So when they do moments that are, similar like it feels like it belongs in star trek but it's new those are always my favorite moments yeah and that moment was actually on my notes too to bring up when the uh lieutenant, <laughs> the lieutenant. said that yeah i always forget <laughs> her name i don't remember her name so um what happened by the end i think that was pretty much it right i mean that's the thing now i don't want to say that we're going to tread on negatives now but okay that's the thing about like the ending when it when we have these really great individual unique moments with some of the side characters or some of the lower tier characters on the on the sheet, so to speak, it's our higher sheet that basically I'm like going, okay, well, what are you gonna do now? I mean, okay, we got to the point where Mariner has gotten, I guess, over her trauma. She's she's going to accept 
the fact that she wants to be a Federation officer. You have Boimler. Where do you go with him? I mean, Talin is the name of the Vulcan. Talin. But like with with the two main characters, your two main characters, nothing really. I'm not going to, I hate to say it, but nothing interesting. No, really, you're right. Really happened with the two mains. It, it's probably the least relevant series finale for both Boimler and Mariner. Who are your main characters? Yeah. The, the, the ones that really got affected were the, were the side characters. I mean, even, even Rutherford, th- I'm, I'm interested to see yeah. what's going to happen with Rutherford because essentially Rutherford has to learn to be social at this point because like his best friend's gone. His main connection to the, to the group is gone and he has to find a way of communicating now with the others, which was one of the things I thought I, I caught me by surprise was how important Tendi is to the group because that's what, that's what came to flourishing to me for the season finale was like, we focus solely on Boimler and Mariner throughout a lot of the seasons but like the other two, Rutherford and Tindy are just as important as Boimler and Mariner. Rutherford didn't really have that much development this season either. Other he didn't than, have much. Other than what was relevant to fleshing out his relationship with Tindy. But Tindy, Tindy was the one that had the most substantial growth this season. Yeah, the, the only times you really have Rutherford kind of front and center when it comes to his character development it was the Badgie episode. And anything dealing with Tendi, but yeah. it has to deal with Tendi. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm fine with that. But at the end of the day, this is probably the weakest of the seasons. We had that really great episode that did a lot that we spent a lot of time talking about and breaking down because there were so many cool things happening in that episode. Oh, yeah. But outside of that, this season just felt more of the same. And I will say this, David, that we probably will not be covering season five next year. Not because I don't like lower decks, but because I just don't feel like there's enough to really talk about. There isn't a lot of relevancy within lower decks. There's not a lot of things that we can dissect and break down like we do with strange new worlds and discovery and Picard. And I, I feel like we're just talking and doing a lot of recaps and we try to do our best with what they give us. Now I will say this, if it's announced that lower decks season five, if is its last season, then we'll probably cover it. But if they announce that it has been renewed, I'm just going to walk away from the show. I'd rather spend time doing other things for our listeners, things that we can really break down. I want to get into more star Trek books and comics I feel like those would be more relevant than I, it depends on your definition of relevance. Typically people will call things that are canon relevant and I would probably agree, but when it comes to just fun discussions and relevant to what we like to do, yes, substance, then I would rather cover comics and new books that are coming out. Now we will still cover Of course, the final season of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. We will cover the third season of Strange New Worlds and any other live action Star Trek they throw at us. But I think when it comes to Lower Decks, I think we might be done with it, Dave. And here's the scary thing. Now, this whole season, I've been 
a champion for lower decks. I've enjoyed my ride with, with the lower decks crew, but I'm going to surprise people when I say this, I'm actually agreeing with you. And it's, it goes back to like what I was saying is like this whole season, I've always had this cloud over me when it comes to viewing lower decks where it's, I'm having fun. Yeah. And it's a great watch. I think they do a great job. They, they give quality writing, the store, the quality narrative writing and everything else. However, like I alluded to in the prior episode in the penultimate that I just felt this entire season there, there's this nagging negativity. Uh, I hate using the word negativity in my uh, for this explanation, but there's a nagging negative feeling I have about the show, and the negative negative feeling come for me now comes to the understanding that I don't know. I, I kind of like I'm kind of like what you said is like they gave us great quality, but there's not much substance. Yeah. the The fun thing about Star Trek to me when covering the show, especially in our show with you and talking about it with you is like when we have, when we can actually dive into something deep. Yes. And let me, let me double down on what you just said, because you're absolutely right. The reason why we do these discussions isn't simply because we love star Trek. It is, but yeah. So I had this, just let me tell a story first. Uh, I was talking to my mom about Star Trek, about our discussions and how, hmm, I don't want to get into too many podcasting industry problems. Basically, it came down to this discussion between me and my mom versus fun and versus intelligence. And I don't watch Star Trek because it's fun. I watch Star Wars because it's fun. I watch Fast and the Furious. Well, that's just an example. I don't. But just to prove my point, to have fun. Yeah. I watch Marvel movies to have fun. I watch Lars Van Trier movies because I enjoy them. I watch Sofia Coppola films because I enjoy them. I watch Star Trek because I enjoy them. Yes, it's fun, but I enjoy its intelligence. I enjoy the substance that comes with it. Lower ducks, lower ducks, lower ducks. That's <laughs> that's a parody that's, of a parody. That's a Disney parody right there. A lower decks doesn't really have that, and I rather just watch it and be done with it because I will watch it because oh, yeah. I enjoy it for what it is. But I just don't feel like there's any value to dissecting and really reviewing it. In fact, there's times, David. Well, I'll be perfectly honest. I feel silly discussing the show the seriously show. because it's like, why are we getting mad at something that's entirely not taking itself seriously? Exactly. And I can't help but take it serious because it's Canon. It's Canon. And, and, and I rather just, you know, wash, wipe my, what's the, what's the phrase? Wipe my hands of it. Wash me, wash your hands. Wash my hands of it because I want to enjoy it and watch it and just be done with it. Mm -hmm. And when we sit here and discuss it, it, it it just becomes negative and or it becomes like it feels like we're being a little too silly about looking into it yes we're forcing some things yeah, yeah. because like it's kind of like a really good example is like when i had a conversation with a family member who they were asking me why do i do the podcasting thing and i basically why is it that there's certain things that i will talk about and certain things i won't 
The things I want to talk about is because I want to talk about them because there's substance behind it for, and I gave him the example of like, you know, to give some insider baseball information to our audience, like me and you've talked about discussing a Star Trek episode, talking about teleporters mm-hmm. and the philosophy, if it's right or wrong, right? Is it uh, the, the, the consequences of the scientific consequences of using a teleporter? Ethical consequences. Ethical yeah. consequences. And like, see, those that, are the discussions I want to have. That, that is like, to, and I told my family member, to me, that's fun because you're, you were, I'm taking something that I love and I'm passionate about as a geek, which is Star Trek, but I'm looking into it deeper than what it could mean to my entire life. Well, Let's just frame this the best way we can, David. Star Trek has always been influenced by literature and philosophy. Yeah. And that's what we like to talk about in relation to our Star Trek. It's hard to do that with Lower Decks. And that's the reason why we're moving away from covering it, right? Oh, yeah. That's the simple way of saying it. And and what 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 I've been telling people for this entire season of Lower Decks is you watch Lower Decks. It is fun. I, I'm having a lot of fun watching it, and I agree. Uh, I, I encourage like the Star Trek fans support Lower Decks. Yeah. Go ahead and wa- keep on watching it because you're in for a fun ride. At, at this point, David, I'd rather, I'd rather pick up where we left off with Prodigy. Yeah, Prodigy is more in line with the things we like to discuss because there are those philosophical moments. It feels more like a. As funny as it sounds, it, yes, it's a series that revolves around young kids, but I would argue it's not a young kid show. It may be a TV PG Star Trek, but it's Star Trek. Because it brings up ethical questions in the vein of a, for, for kids to understand. Yeah. Yeah. All right, David. So my score for this episode is an 86%. I'm, I'm. Almost there with you. I actually gave uh, gave this one an eighty nine. I'm three points higher than you. All right, but as I said, the ones the the thing that basically definitely bothered me the most was the fact that the lack of narrative for me, narrative development for Mariner and Boimler, kind of took down the score a lot. Yeah, yeah. All right, David. So this does bring us to the end. I want to thank all of our listeners for listening to our discussions this season and being patient with some of our, our petty gripes. I know what they are. <laughs> I don't think like, we're petty. I don't think we're petty. Uh, I think people are enjoying what we're, we, we look into okay. it. All right. Well, well, David, let's hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, David. Thank you. Live long and prosper. I couldn't help but notice your pain. My pain. It runs deep. Share it with me. End simulation.